Brian Sanders is the filmmaker behind the feature-length documentary Food Lies and host of the Peak Human Podcast. Calorie in, calorie out paradigm to me is the fundamental thing that people need to realize is false. If you arbitrarily eat less, you're gonna get even less protein and less nutrients. He works as a health coach at Evolve Healthcare and co-founded the health education company, Sapien. And they just told everyone, Coca-Cola's fine, sugar's fine, like all these things are fine if you just exercise more or count your calories, right? And this is just, to me, this big propaganda. Like this is this big agenda that's been pushed on people. And these calorie bros that are still on Instagram, these to this day are useful idiots to this propaganda. Brian Sanders, welcome to the Modern Warrior podcast. I am delighted to have you here. A very different type of guest than I would usually have on this podcast. You usually have somebody who's deep into men's work or that kind of a, a mentoring sort of process with uh, masculinity and helping men reclaim it. Uh, or I'm talking to some sort of self-help guru. And uh, this is a very different conversation. However, I feel it will still be within the realm of physical and mental health. And the conversation today will be based mostly on nutrition and nutritional aspects. And you are a leader in your field when it comes to nutrition. And as I said, very honored to have you here today. A lot of topics that we will dive deep into and help the audience gain a better understanding as to optimal nutrition for a more optimized life. But before I get into the good work that you do, can you bring us back to a time when you weren't optimized, where your health was suffering, where perhaps on the outside, things seem to have been going quite well for you? fitness perhaps was was pretty good your health was potentially okay but inside you were perhaps breaking down can you bring us back to to that time in your life and how you began this journey your personal journey here absolutely and i do think it's really important to start with your health you're talking about other things and personal development and all the stuff that you normally talk about and I think the foundation is nutrition because the foundation is your health and that starts with nutrition. So everyone should focus on that. And a lot of people miss it. Or I've even been to biohacking conferences, for example, and they try to have all these gadgets and all these weird things, but they're, they're not doing the nutrition part, right? And they're not healthy. And these people have all the gizmos in the world yet aren't healthy. So it all starts with nutrition. And that's what I've learned over 10 years now that I've been doing this. Uh, that's about when I turned 30, and that's also 10 years ago, and about when I lost both my parents. So that woke me up. They were kind of the standard Americans, you know, kind of like standard Western diets, right? All these different countries that e eating the same thing these days. And we thought we were doing it right. They were doing it healthy, like they were told, right? We followed the guidelines. We were eating the fruits and vegetables and whole grains and low-fat products and avoiding red meat doing all the things we're told to do, and it wasn't working. And so they had their problems, and I was starting to develop mine. 
So I have the before and after photo of me. Uh, it was actually 12 years ago of me. Uh, I mean, I guess compared to normal people, I looked okay. Looking back at it, I think I looked terrible. I looked puffy. You know, you could see the inflammation in my face. I, I had excess belly fat. You know, I was just becoming the standard Western male, right? Where you just kind of are out of shape. You slowly get a little bit of a belly. You slowly, maybe your testosterone's going down slowly, more medications. All this type of stuff was was building up. But I, I mean, I looked better than most of the people out there, I guess, because most people get sick get sicker and sicker. And, you know, my friends that I grew up with turned 30 and they looked worse than me. But I realized I was definitely not at my peak, not what I could be. And so I've been on this 10 year journey and I've learned a lot along the way. And I've learned like really effective ways to make things easy. And I don't want to spend two hours in the gym every day. You know, some guys like to do that. Some guys are into bodybuilding and that's their thing. That's not me, but I want to look good. And I found ways to do it in 20 minutes or 25 minutes twice a week, right? So simple stuff like that. I mean, I'm only in the gym for less than an hour a week and I, ha I have great results. I'm not giant, right? I'm not going to be a bodybuilder, but I think I have great results. So I do that stuff with the nutrition side as well. Like, let's just think of these easy things to do. Like, how do we change what we eat slightly, but still enjoy it and still you know, love to eat. I don't, I don't want, want people, people to have to, have to choke, choke down, down like, like plain, plain chicken, chicken and broccoli. broccoli right. right? And it's like kind of, kind of boring, boring things, things as they, they think that's, that's the only, only way, to, way be to be healthy. healthy. That's, that's not true. You should enjoy what you eat. It should be fun. It should be something you can do for life. And that's what I found. And all these people around me that do this now, uh, they, they love it. They think it's easy. It's, it's this whole new paradigm and it's just going away from most things that people have heard. So that's my big thing is let's wake people up to go outside of the main sick care system, mainstream, you know, bogus information out there, get out of that system and have your own sovereignty and with your health and with just everything in your life. So yeah, let's jump in wherever you want. The wake up call, your wake up calls seem to have come around when your parents passed away. So after you woke up, what happened next? Well, I didn't know where to go because I was doing the things I was told. I remember specifically meal prepping, low fat meals with chicken and avoiding red meat, doing the whole thing. So luckily where I went was some friends of mine that read the book Primal Blueprint. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Mark Sisson. He's a legend. He's, uh, he just turned 70 recently and he's just absolutely in shape, ripped, healthy, just the man read his book 10 years ago. And it just changed my life. It was these simple principles of, well, he calls it the primal blueprint, right? It's like, let's look to our past and just avoid processed foods, you know, get out in the sun, like do some movement. It was just simple stuff. And it completely changed my life. My friends, they, they lost tons of weight and had this whole health journey of their own. So we kind of went on this journey together. So for somebody there who's perhaps stuck in a rut at the moment, they look at themselves in the mirror, don't like what they see, they're struggling with their energy, struggling to keep up with their kids, feels like life, their life energy is, is fading away. 
especially men in their late 30s, early 40s, there's a, a potential drop in testosterone as well, which brings about further complications. For someone there who's perhaps in their own mind trying to do their best, like you were a few years ago in the gym, training, eating a relatively healthy diet, what are some of the common misconceptions or what are some of the common things that these people are missing that they need to begin to apply or perhaps need to begin to remove from their nutrition? Uh, The biggest thing is the, the, the calorie paradigm. The calorie in, calorie out paradigm to me is the fundamental thing that people need to realize is false. And there's some half truths there. And I know a lot of bros online that are yelling about all you need is a calorie deficit, like this stuff's so simple, right? Like there's a half truth in that. Of course, someone needs to eat less if they're overweight, but that's not the question, the right question or the right answer. It's what are you going to eat less of? If you arbitrarily eat less, you're going to get even less protein and less nutrients, right? And so it's like, we need to separate foods, separate calories. There's so much more than this big myth. I think this is really is a foundational myth. And it's kind of also built around saturated fat and red meat being bad for you too. And they kind of go hand in hand where they decided the powers that be, uh, there's a big history there. And I think it's somewhat purposeful is that, you know, say 70 years ago, they started this mission to like figure out heart disease and they blamed it on saturated fat. And so then they're saying, oh, well, cholesterol, saturated fat, these are bad for you. You have to eat less of it, eat less animal foods, eat less red meat. Let's, you know, then all this, these new low fat replacements came in, processed food industry, margarine, right? There's all this stuff that if, if meat and animal fat is bad, then we have to eat something else, which is turns out to be highly profitable foods that are processed, right? So then you go down this rabbit hole and then they get into this big calorie paradigm. And a lot of the funding actually from this comes from Coca-Cola and these big companies that have uh, like a very financial obligation or motivation, well, obligation to their shareholders, right? They're not trying to make you healthy. They're trying to make money for their shareholders. And they have this motivation, of course, to just say that their product is good. So they started this like calorie balance uh, alliance. I forget what it was called. And they just told everyone, Coca-Cola is fine. Sugar is fine. Like all these things are fine if you just exercise more or count your calories, right? And this is just, to me, this big propaganda. Like this is this big agenda that's been pushed on people. And these calorie bros that are still on Instagram, these to this day are useful idiots to this propaganda. They don't know that they're the useful idiots for this propaganda. It's kind of like the vegans are the useful idiots to the processed meats, fake meat, right? There's these big agendas going on and some people are thinking they're doing the right thing and they're trying to protect the animals, but I think they're just furthering the propaganda and this misinformation. So I really want to break down the calorie stuff. It's it's so interesting to me when you break it down because they're trying to say that all calories are the same, right? That's like the mainstream thing is just eat less, just eat less. Doesn't matter what you eat, just eat less. And that's not going to work for many reasons because you you could, that's like Weight Watchers. Oh, you just count calories. Well, you could be eating pure processed foods and it's never going to work. You can try for a while and it might work, but then 
you can't starve yourself forever. If you're just eating less of the same bad foods, you're not going to be able to sustain that. Your body's not going to get the protein and nutrients it needs, so it's going to have to eat more. It's going to have to eat more food eventually because you have these instincts. That's why they say, oh, diets don't work. It's like, yeah, terrible diets don't work. Good diets, like what I'm going to explain in this show, will work because they are truly what humans need and they shouldn't even be called a diet. It's just this is how humans should eat and it will work for life because you're getting what you need. But if you're just trying to arbitrarily eat less, it's not going to work because your body actually has these mechanisms that drive you to get protein and nutrients. And if your food as a supply, just think of all the foods out there in normal society, all of those normal mainstream foods do not have enough protein and nutrients in them. And they're usually stuffed with seed oils, added sugars, refined grains, these processed ingredients, right? So how is your body going to acquire the protein and nutrients it needs in this modern food environment? Well, it's not going to work because you're going to have to overeat to get the same amount of protein and nutrients that we would have had for all of history. You are forced to eat too much. And this is all in the literature. I just read, I actually reread a book called Five Appetites, or it's also called Eat Like the Animals. It's by two scientists, researchers, Robin Heimer and Simpson from Australia, actually. And they've studied this for decades. And they found that even down to crickets and grasshoppers and locusts, whatever they first studied, that these animals ate to, to get a, diff, a, a certain amount of protein. And when they got that protein, they stopped eating. And then they would give them other feed. They could give them, you know, in a laboratory environment, they did all these different experiments. They did it with mice. They did it with different animals. And so I'll, I'll jump to a, a rodent study, right? You can give mice a, a rodent chow that is, say, 16% protein. And that's what mice need. And it has whatever, mostly carbs and a tiny bit of fat. And that's what they eat. And they're fine. They eat that and they stop eating and their normal weight. Then you can give these rodents 12% protein. So you just, they, they have no idea. It looks the same, right? You put it in their cage and they will eat way more of this 12% protein feed to get the required protein, right? So they had to eat more basically energy, right? Carbs or fat, whatever it is. I call those energy calories, right? Carbs, fat, mainly used for energy. They were forced to eat more to get the same amount of protein. Okay, so this is true for all animals. They've studied this for years, and these scientists are one of the main people that study this, and they're great. And I'm going to do a podcast with them in a week, and I'm really excited about that. But they, this is what they found, and this is so simple. You can actually explain the entire obesity crisis in the modern world, right? Of all the modern westernized countries, where, you know, we're getting to 65, 75% overweight or obese. And if you kind of do the math on what's happened is the protein percentage has lowered in the diet, which means the energy calories or empty calories have raised. And if you kind of just do the math on how it's lowered from just 50 years ago, you know, we say we humans ate like a 15% protein diet. Now we're at 12% protein. If you do the math, it actually explains the obesity crisis in the entire world is by dropping the protein percentage of a human diet, 3%, a human will have to overeat empty calories, right? Not protein and nutrient calories. They'll have to overeat energy calories to try to get that protein and nutrients. So 
it explains everything. Like I, there's other reasons too, right? There's like our terrible environment and people are more sedentary and there could be, you know, bad stuff in the food, the glyphosate, whatever, you know, you can, you can blame, but you could also just say, well, they're eating more empty calories because of protein percentage went down. So I like to break protein into five different types of calories. And I'm using calories as a, a quote calories. So the mainstream says all calories are the same. So that's insane, <laughs> right? Calories is just a unit. You, you burn it. You can burn them in a bomb calorimeter and it burns. You can burn oil. You can burn like gasoline. You can burn wood and it would, it would have calories, right? That's not how the human body works. So there's more to it. So, okay, mainstream says there's just one type of calories. The next level of people think that there's sort of like three different kinds of calories. They're like, yes, protein is different. You know, if you, some of these nutrition bros are like, they're at least they're doing better than the mainstream. They're like, I make sure to get enough protein. And then like, you know, I do my macros and carbs and fat. So they're getting there. But I think really you have to look at five different types of calories. And I've actually not talked about this before. I've just been kind of finally coming up with these thoughts, putting them together into something. So there's protein calories and there's energy calories, right? So these are the first two, the most important kind, right? Again, protein. We know what that is. It, it actually, your body burns in a different way. No one ever gets fat on protein. It's almost impossible. They have this in the literature. You can overeat protein. You, you don't gain weight. Your body uses it. It's more of a building block, right? This is a substrate for your bones, your muscle, your organs. Everything is built on protein. It's not used to, you don't gain fat from it, right? So then energy calories, like I said, carbs or fat, right? So those are just generally energy calories. Then we have nutrient calories right? Like everyone knows that nutrients are good. Every package of food has the vitamins and minerals on it, but like they're non-caloric, right? So it's so funny that people understand, mainstream scientists understand that nutrients are important. All these vitamins and minerals are very important, but they're just talking about calories where you're like, wait, but these nutrients don't have calories. So why aren't like different foods have tons of nutrients? Some foods have zero nutrients, oil, seed oils, sugar. They have nothing in them. They're zero nutrient value. They're just, so Right there, I'm debunking your whole calorie story, right? So there's protein calories, there's energy calories, there's nutrient calories, and that's why I say in quotes calories, right? I mean, they probably they have trace calories, right? Like some magnesium probably has a trace amount of calories, right? So we'll call them nutrient calories. So then you have to think about this. Okay, oysters, tons of nutrients. Liver, beef liver, tons of nutrients, right? There's certain foods that have tons of nutrients. And so we need to factor that in our diet. Again, some bodybuilders, they they'll just eat like chicken breast and broccoli and they'll cut down. I'm like, yes, you can get cut. Of course you can. If you're eating zero carbs, zero fat, you know, high protein, just broccoli and broccoli and chicken breast is basically just all protein. <laughs> There's not much else in it, but you're not getting a nutrient dense diet. You're not getting tons of nutrients. Like you're not getting your full nutrients from broccoli and, and chicken breast. You need to eat all kinds of different foods. So there's nutrient calories. Then there's non calories. This is an interesting one because non-calories are fiber or water, and they are part of food. And I do not think you need fiber. You know, there's this whole new paradigm that the carnivore world, I don't know if you know any of these carnivore guys that will eat zero fiber, right? Like I'm friends with Sean Baker and some of these guys, Anthony Chafee, there's Paul Saladino who used to be pure carnivore, now he adds fruit. I've known all these guys for many years. They pro they're proving you don't need fiber. There's tons of people who have ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, IBS, all these different problems. They can go zero fiber, do amazing, 100% get it, right? So I'm not some fiber guy. But 
there is this interesting thing with fiber and water in food that is helpful that you can consider that uh, an example would be apple or apple juice, right? If you eat an apple, it's like, oh man, I ate an apple. Like I got some, I filled my stomach a little bit, drink apple juice. It's just straight sugar to your system. Your body interacts with those foods differently, right? You have different blood sugar responses, all that type of thing. You have different satiety responses. It's not like you drink a cup of apple juice and you're full, right? That's not going to keep you full. That it's actually could do the opposite because your blood sugar could go up and it could drop, you know, and you could become hungrier. So if you eat an apple, I mean, it's pretty satiating. It's like if for dessert now, I will eat an apple and some blueberries, right? So I have my full meal. I'm like, ah, oh, I want something else. Have an apple and some blueberries. I am full. Like I am set and I got a little extra nutrients, right? I got some vitamin C, but it's because it's full of fiber and water. Not, not like fiber is magical or anything. It's just I'm eating food in its whole form. This is what humans have always done, and it helps fill my stomach. So I'm going to take a little side tour of there's there's different types of satiation. Like I'm really into this idea of being full, right? Because everyone goes through a battle of hunger. Because if you're trying to lose weight, you're going to be hungry. So you need to be full. So it's like how do you be full on less calories, right? So it's basically you're eating less energy calories and more protein and nutrient calories and that will help you stay full because your body needs certain things and so to be full sometimes people they they they, they can eat meat say they try carnivore diet and they're only eating meat but they're they like they can eat endless meat or they're dumping butter on everything you know and they're trying to get full and they they're just overeating even while eating good foods they're still overeating because there's this other concept that humans eat three to five pounds foods per day, three to five pounds of food per day. That's just what we're built for. That's just what we've always been used to. And so if you're trying, so say it's like for an average size male, you, you need to eat four pounds or four and a half pounds of food a day to be full. If you're trying to eat less, you're going to be hungry. So, so why I bring up the fiber and water thing is you, you can feel full if you eat foods that have fiber and water, even a steak, a steak has a lot of water in it. If you just eat a big slab of steak, like it's different from beef jerky. Beef jerky has all the water taken out. The steak, it has water in it. It doesn't have fiber in it, has water. But you feel full. Like you can eat a big steak and you stop. Partly because of the protein too. Uh, the protein is very satiating. But you want foods intact. You want this stuff that's going to fill up your stomach. So people who say they they're, they say they can eat meat forever and they can't lose weight because they're just gorging on meat. I say, well, what if we ate some sauerkraut and some pickles with your meat? Okay, these are foods that have fiber and water in them and they fill up your stomach. Carrots, I don't know, just foods. Like I'm not into leafy greens. I, I had a problem with oxalates. That's a whole side story of like, I don't think we should be eating tons of spinach and kale and all these certain like leafy greens. I think it's just like a little bit mainstream bogus type information but i do eat stuff like sauerkraut pickles these things have not not many energy calories right they're just kind of like fill my stomach so i feel full i ate my protein i ate my eggs and my meat or my fish i got all that i got some of this other stuff to keep my stomach full and i'm good so i was going to say there's there's different types of satiety there's like there's a short-term satiation where you're hungry you're full for that meal, right? 
So you, you want to be full for that meal. So you stop eating. So that's when you can use some of the, the apple or the, you know, these lower empty calorie type foods, sauerkraut, pickles. And then there's satiety, which is like kind of over the course of the day, right? And that comes from protein and fat. Like if you get the correct animal fat, animal protein, you'll be full for that day for longer periods of time. And then there's this third type of satiety that I think is really important. That's almost like long-term satiety. It's like, why do people overeat long-term? You don't get fat overnight. You get fat because you overate over the course of a month or a year. And why did that happen? Well, I think it's because you had low protein and nutrients. You were eating the wrong food. Your foods were not correct. They were not nutrient dense. You, if you're eating too many processed foods, you just like the, all the stuff I've been talking about, you slowly have to overeat them because they're lower in protein. So there's this long-term thing. So whenever I look at someone who is overweight, I, I, I just, I can see what happened. You slowly ate too many energy calories and not enough protein and nutrient calories. And your body just, it, it tries to adjust. It doesn't want to become fat, but it tries to adjust. And it you've slowly just packed on a little bit of extra fat every day. Then, you know, it's like you gain a pound a year, you gain two pounds a year. Then you wake up and you're 40 and you're overweight and you have low energy. All this stuff you're saying is going to build up to even the energy side too, right? Low energy, low testosterone, low, all these things are related to what you're eating. It's not just about body fat percentage, right? There, there's so much more to it. And if you t follow the things that we'll get to and this nutrient to energy ratio and all these concepts I'm talking about, you will fix your hormones, fix your testosterone, fix your energy. All this stuff falls into place. So, oh man, I hope I'm not throwing out too many terms and just going on this diatribe, but this, when I, I made up this new term called gradual nutrient motivated overeating. Okay, this is this concept that's like, what happened to people who became overweight? This is a longer term thing, right? The short term, it's like you want to have that satiation in a meal and feel full. Then you have satiety, which is like this mid-level thing of like, I ate enough protein and nutrients to keep myself full for the day. And then if you look at a month scale, if you don't do it correctly, you have this gradual nutrient motivated overeating, where over the long term, you're just slowly eating too much. Even if you try to restrict, you see so many people, you know, they like, do the, do okay. And then on the weekends, they kind of like go off the rails and they do okay. And they're always trying to restrict like, man, I should eat less and all this stuff, but it never works. Like long-term, it's like this gradual process that your body is just pushed to eat more to get the nutrients. That's why I call it gradual nutrient motivated overeating. It's kind of, if I could put that whole book I was talking about, the Eat Like the Animals, Five Appetites book by Robin Hyman Simpson, it is, they, they were like reaching for this concept. And I think I like made a name for it of like what happens. So I, I'll finish up in a second, but we, we're, we're doing the five different types of calories. So again, there's protein calories, energy calories, nutrient calories, non-calories, right? Fiber and water, which could factor in if you're having trouble, you know, if you eat too much at each meal. And then the last one would be sort of these damaging calories, detrimental calories, problem calories, whatever we want to call them. They're almost like non-calories as well, which is stuff in food, processed foods, well, all in processed foods, really, that can actually do harm to your body. 
right? That's another thing is like you're in taking these things that interact with your body, your gut. People know that, you know, there's all these gut problems these days. It's a huge problem is gut health. And so there's these, these problematic calories, whatever we want to call them. These are the fifth type of calories that people don't consider, which is could be glyphosate on the food. It could be gluten, right? It could be mercury, even in fish. It could be, yeah, these toxic elements from the environment that accumulate in food. It could be so many things. It could even be oxalates. Like I said, the spinach is a food that has high oxalate. And if you eat tons of spinach every day, your body's like, what do I do with all this oxalate? And it becomes a problem, right? So there's this whole other thing that are sort of non-calories, but they are very problematic to your body if you eat them. And they're especially in pro uh, processed foods. It could be food additives, right? It could be preservatives. It could be gums. Like, you know, they, they put all these fake gums and thickeners and emulsifiers in the food. And so if you look at these five different types of calories, then you're actually going to be able to make healthy decisions. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to develop an app or something. I'm trying to figure out how do I help people with this and, you know, make it easy, be like, okay, what food, you know, I don't like tracking food, but you know, it could be good to, to try it and learn and be like, well, yeah, this box of cereal is not good for you because low protein, high energy, there's, you know, uh, who cares about fiber and water? They, but some, cause sometimes they try to claim, oh, it's whole grain. Like I put whole grain almost in the problematic calories as in like, they are very irritating to your body. They have fortified nutrients. They put iron in it. They, they put iron in cereal. It's like, it's not the iron your body wants. This could be very problematic to your body. If you're giving this fortified iron in cereals, it's not good iron, like in meat. It's like, basically iron filings. Like you can go on YouTube and see videos of people grinding up cereal in a blender and then, you know, you put it in water and then you could, the iron filings fall out of it. You don't want that. So I hope that just made sense. There's five types of calories. There's not one. The There's this component of satiety and there's this component of long-term nutrient mo motivated overeating. And if you, I'll give the solution. I don't know if I'm like just taking this over and if you wanted to ask me some questions at some point, well, but I will. <laughs> this, like the kind of solution is you're getting, you, you need, just need to eat enough animal foods, like get your, get your protein and nutrients from animal sources and eat whole foods on the side. And you're pretty much there. You can't really go wrong. Yeah. Well, that is an absolutely loaded answer <laughs> to my question. And I appreciate that an absolute uh, tsunami of information and, Eye openers, even for myself, who has been involved in health and fitness for over fifteen years now, if not more, and I'm still learning, and I've and I've learned a lot, even from the last twenty minutes of you explaining that whole process to me. So I appreciate that too. And there's many different avenues we can go down with what you just answered. There's the the protein aspect in terms of protein now almost being used as a branding product or they slap protein on a Mars bar or a Snickers bar and you automatically think that that's healthier or you've got these protein yogurts, you've got these protein drinks, but of course there's all the other additives that you just mentioned there, the gum, the uh, emulsifiers, the bulking agents all added to that. So it's not natural foods, it's actually processed. We could go down that avenue and understand the process there and mm -hmm. that that's something to avoid more so than to be. I have a yeah. quick one. Of a quick one. Yeah, yeah. So it's good that the, the world is getting to understand protein, at least. That's why there's all this marketing right now. 
So it's like people are waking up that protein is important, but you're right. Then they can just use it as kind of fake advertising. That's like, oh yeah, this chocolate bar is protein. I'm like, well, not really. But yeah, keep yeah. Going. Well, that's again. I've got a lot of the people that I work with and people who talk to me about the nutrition and the importance of protein, and they tell me that they're using these protein yogurts or protein drinks or protein supplements to increase their protein intake. However, that's something that you personally would recommend that they avoid and go for more natural foods where and if possible. Or would you use some of that as part of your overall overall nutrition, say like the 5 or 10% of your overall intake for the day to fill that sort of gap between the protein you're consuming in natural foods and your ideal protein target as such? Absolutely, yeah. It's always better from whole foods, but that's not always possible. And I do think it's fine for a lot of people to use protein powder, especially if you get like a clean, there's like clean grass-fed whey proteins, unflavored, no additives, right? That That's perfectly fine. And it, it probably could fill some gaps or maybe in the morning, you're like, all right, well, I'm not going to make a whole meal of protein. I'll just get a protein shake. Great. That's fine. Absolutely. I don't want to discourage people from doing that. But it's kind of like there's this concept of just adding like fiber. Again, I think it's so stupid to just try to add fiber, like there's Metamucil or whatever, these fiber supplements. You can't just take, okay, picture a candy bar. You said a Mars bar. So I, I have this Mars bar. It's just pure junk, right? But then I add like 10 grams of fiber to it. It doesn't all of a sudden become healthy. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh man, now this is healthy. Or, oh yeah, yeah, I ate a bunch of ice cream and then I took a fiber supplement. And now I'm healthy. No, it doesn't work like that. So you can't always like part of why things are healthy. And I think the only reason why fiber is associated with health is because it means you're eating whole foods. So I did a whole post on this. Actually, I wrote a little article about it. Like, why does the mainstream, everywhere you go, people say that plant-based diets are healthy. People eat more fiber, healthy, all this type of stuff. And I'm like, kind of, not because Fiber specifically, fiber is a non-nutrient. It's a non-calorie. It's something you don't even use. It just is a proxy for people who do healthier things, that eat healthier diets, that eat more whole foods, right? So if you just look at the population, yeah, of course, I agree. People who eat more fiber are healthier because that means they're eating less processed foods. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's sort of just this pro uh, proxy and it's kind of like this healthy user bias. Like people who eat more fiber uh, or plant foods are they smoke less, they drink less, they exercise more. This is also in the literature. It's called the healthy user bias. So uh, that kind of answered your question. But yeah, protein supplements, kind of fine. But mainly just eat real protein, right? Or yeah, don't like you got to be. Yeah, there could be a protein bar that has 15 grams of protein, but it also could have 15 grams of sugar. So you just have to be it's the ratio. That's kind of one of my main takeaways, right? I'm talking about the nutrient to energy ratio. Right. It's like that your ratio of your diet over time matters. So I can eat ice cream, right? I can get a clean ice cream without like weird gums and weird ingredients in it. Milk, sugar. You know, it's not like sugar's gonna kill you if you eat it in a normal amount, right? If it's just like an a, appropriate amount, like maybe, you know, use honey, use maple syrup, use something more natural. But uh you, you gotta just consider your the ratio over time, like over the course of a month. Yeah, I can have some ice cream. Who cares? I'm active. I'm playing beach volleyball, you know, but it's I, I'm not eating it every day, right? It's like you, you got to think of that ratio. And so if you're eating a protein bar, 
that has a decent amount of protein, but also has a bunch of stuff in it. That's not going to, that, that ratio is no good. Yeah. As much as that information is incredibly valuable <clears throat> and you've almost given us a, a blueprint to follow in terms of cleaning up our nutrition and getting into great shape, improving our energy, improving our testosterone. How do we manage or mitigate the psychological pull towards highly processed foods or highly or, or food, foods that are high in sugar? Because people are completely surrounded by this on a daily basis and many people do have their moments or perhaps days of weakness and in my opinion sugar was often used as a soother or a comforter when we were children if we had a bad day at school or we fell over and we cut our knee our parent or caregiver would help us feel better by giving us a lollipop or an ice cream or a chocolate bar and we've associated sugar with comfort and soothing and 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 a, and a and a feel-good factor. So when people have stressful situations in their life or a stressful day at work, I find in my own journey of helping people out that they're usually more attracted towards these high-comforting foods that are highly processed or high in sugar. How do we help them manage that on a psychological scale? Yeah, uh, perfect. Next question. Absolutely perfect because I've thought about this every day for six years Six years is when I went full-time this. I'm making a documentary series about this called Food Lies. So people can look that up on YouTube. Just go to Food Lies and look up the intro. The intro is very good. We spent so much time, months and months and months, making every scene by, by hand. This is going to be a huge film. We're trying to get on major platforms. So this is what I've done full-time for six years. Thought about this every day. It's like all I think about is these questions. That's why I, I've come up like, oh, the five calorie, this is it. You know, like I just came up with the, the, the D, you know, I'm like giving acronyms, the DL, you know, uh, what, what <laughs> gradual, G, G, gradual nutrient made motivated overeating. I'm like, that's it. Like this is all I think about. I, I'm just a total nerd about this stuff. And I went down all these rabbit holes and I'm like, okay, this is it. But there's still an entire another half of this, which is the, psychological side the emotional side the social dynamics the habits all this stuff and i'm like wow there, there needs to be if i was to write a book it would have to be half the book right half the book is knowing what i just said understanding nutrient to energy all this stuff you know what to do and then it's how am i going to do it and i'm going to see if i have some answers so the one of the first answer is the more you set yourself up for success, the better with all of the tools that I just said. If you set yourself up with a high nutrient to energy diet, you're eating enough quality protein, animal source, you're eating meat, eggs, fish, you are not going to want to snack as much. You're not going to want as much, right? It's, it's going to set you up for success. So that's step one. It's kind of like they like how do you avoid a hangover don't drink you know what i mean it's like all right well people are still gonna drink right so it's like i get it so you're you're gonna set yourself up for success by eating a high nutrient energy diet but you're still gonna want to snack you're still i get it so we'll move on from there so then well people eat overeat for different reasons i like your example of the emotional side or it's it's comfort it's people overeat for many reasons it's out of boredom 
could be uh, out of sadness, right? It, it's like the same thing you're talking about, sadness. It's like, man, I had a bad day. Well, I'm going to eat some ice cream. It's like a joke in movies. Oh, she she got broken up with and she eats the ice cream. Whatever. I get it. There, There's even a past trauma. Uh, I have a friend who's a doctor who specializes in obese patients. And, this, and he said 75% of them have past trauma, sexual abuse or physical abuse as a child, you know? And they're... This is like deep-seated stuff that you need to get professional help from. Some of it could be, right? It's like, this is a reason why people overeat, they binge eat, why they, they can know the right information and not do it. So there's that aspect. There's social dynamics too. They're like, I overeat over the course of the year. You know, it's not like I'm perfect every week, every month. And, and then I realize, I look back on when did I go astray? And it's with the social situations. It's it's like, hey, we're all going here. And I'm like, all right, well, let's do it. Or you're on vacation. And it's like, we're just eating. And then we're eating. And then we're eating. You know, and you can try to make the right choices. But it's just it's just all around you. So I don't, I don't know if I have the best tips yet for, for figuring this stuff out on how to, to not have these habits. But... I guess one of them is to to just understand it though, or like like know that you're eating, at least recognize it. Be like, okay, do I want this ice cream because I'm just sad? You know what I mean? Or like, am I soothing? Am I doing this? And then what can you do to combat that, right? You got to change your habits. Or maybe you could say, well, I'm not going to buy it. Or like, I just can't have it in my house. And then I'll have like a bag of apples in my fridge. And... Maybe you're just bargain with yourself. Be like, all right, maybe let's try it. Let's have an apple and then we'll see if I still want the ice cream. I even do this with myself, right? It's like, I like, cause I live next to a grocery store. You know, if I really wanted to, I could go down and get some ice cream, but I'm like, ah, I'm going to have the, this apple. Maybe I'll have the second apple and then maybe I, I won't want it. So I don't know. Yeah. You got to just like kind of have some techniques use the protein, right? Just instead be like, every time I want these snacks and desserts, it's because you didn't eat enough protein in your last meal. I've done this before too. I went to some event, there was like no protein there. I'm like who put together this spread of food? Like, this is terrible. <laughs> uh, so I'm like trying to eat what I can, you know, I'm like, oh man, there's like very little whole foods here. But, and then I'm come home and I'm starving. And then I ended up like sneaking around. I had some banana bread in the freezer and like microwaving some banana bread. Okay, it's not the end of the world, but it's because I didn't eat enough protein, right? I knew what was happening. And then I'm sneaking around at night looking for the banana bread. Well, that I made too, for one thing. I'm, you know, good ingredients, the whole thing. So I don't know. Do you have any more thoughts on that? I'm just like how to change your, your habits and what do you tell people? Well, I think it's a matter of, foreseeing the consequences of your actions before you proceed because as you know every action has a reaction and how are you going to feel after you've eaten that tub of ice cream or how are you going to feel after you've had that pack of biscuits or cookies or whatever it is you, that you that you're drawn towards but I think over time just as you mentioned it's about questioning the motives of your behaviors and your actions and understanding that there's an emotional pull towards these indulgences just like any sort of addiction perhaps or any sort of um, outlet that offers a, a dopamine hit or a sense of comfort or soothing 
you know, porn could be another thing or sex or drugs or alcohol. I think a lot of these things come under the same umbrella. You know, food is under the same umbrella as those. It does uh, offer a sense of comfort, dopamine, soothing, escapism, a numbing of a certain pain. So, but there's also perhaps the aspect, you know, we go back there to the time you started making changes in your life where it required a wake up call. You know, your parents passing away was a, a huge wake up call for yourself. And maybe people don't change because they're not in a position where they're ready to change it. Their life is not painful enough for them to initiate with that change. And that's that seems to be the the human case, the human cause for change is that change only happens when the situation we're currently in, the difficulty of the situation we're currently in or the pain of the situation we're currently in is is less greater than the pain of actually making the change. So I think it's a matter of perhaps reframing the, the situation and foreseeing the change or foreseeing the new actions or behaviors that you're about to take as something positive because we often associate change with something negative. We want to know the story we're stepping into before we leave the story that we're currently in behind because, again, you're heading into the unknown. There's a huge sense of discomfort there. But if you can associate that with something positive, if I make this move, I know my life is going to improve. I know my energy is going to improve. My sex life is going to improve. My relationship is going to improve. My career is going to improve. So that could offer you the uh, opportunity or the sense of an opportunity to, to step forward. And again, it goes back to making those small changes over a period of time. It's not a matter of uh, just uh, removing indulgent indulgent foods from your life for the rest of your life, but as you mentioned, to begin to increase your protein, to inc- begin to increase your intake of wholesome natural foods and to take it from there. Yeah, you, you touched on some things. I have some of these things in my little playbook too, uh, where to get people to change you kind of need the short-term motivation, the medium-term motivation, and long-term motivation, right? So if you're not going to, I mean, yes, if you just had your, your family members die and it was because they had type 2 diabetes and they overate you know, junk food their whole life, then that could probably help motivate you. But if you don't, you kind of need your own motivation. And you kind of mentioned the short terms, which would be you could feel bad, right? Like you could eat the tub of ice cream and then you feel terrible. So maybe that's not going to always work for people because they're like, they just do it anyway, right? So you, you try to get people with a short term, be like, re- realize you're not going to feel as good. You're not going to look as good. You're not going to get as good sleep if you do this, you know? So you, you give them that short term motivation. The medium term could be something like, well, think about like, you should always have something that's like a month or two away that kind of keeps you in line, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to go to the beach in, in two months. We're going to go on this little vacation or, you know, I'm going to do this like fitness competition in two months. I got to right? That always helps people, right? Stay in line. You, so have these like little goals in the near future. And then there's a long-term too. It's like, if you have this long-term goal of, well, I want to be 80, I want to be Mark Sisson, right? I want to be the ripped guy that's like paddleboarding and playing ultimate Frisbee and stuff. And, you know, he's the man. So it's, you have that long-term goal and then you, you kind of need all three of them to keep yourself in line. And then I got this other one that I talk about, for this habit change is humans. Yeah. Humans don't like change, right? But the thing with this 
way of eating and living, it's actually better. You actually enjoy it more once you get there. So a lot of people don't realize that. So people are like, they don't want to go on a diet because to them, a diet means salad with no dressing and like plain food that sucks. And like, you know, it's, it's just not fun. They're like, well, I don't like it. And I'm never going to be able to eat pizza again. And this is terrible. But if you realize, I guess you have to just believe me, <laughs> that it's that amazing when you get to the other side, right? Where I don't go out to eat anymore. It's like crazy. I just don't go out to eat. It's just that, I mean, if I'm on vacation, if I'm traveling, I have to, but otherwise it's zero. I dare anyone to look at my credit card statements. Zero times have I been out to eat w without it being, you know, for a very, very specific event that I had to go to. But that wasn't me. Like even two years ago, I wasn't like that, right? But I went on the journey and now it doesn't speak to me anymore. I don't be like, oh, I'll just go get a burrito. Like, I don't want the burrito anymore. It's it's crazy how it works. It's like, I want to go home and eat like my amazing piece of meat and like some eggs. Like it's going to be so good. So you just don't want to go through the change part. But if you know that the ch on the other side, it's going to be better, then you can do it. And also the change part too, I, I need a better analogy, but you could have, you could have a perfect job waiting for you. That's super great, but it's still like uncomfortable to quit your job and then go through this hardship and apply for this, or then go meet new people. You know, you have to like have that anxiety of going to work the first day and you don't know the systems, you don't know the people, right? It's this huge thing, but like this job could be amazing, right? Once you, so once, so you look back a year later, you're like, oh my God, this job is so much better. I feel so great now. But that change part was hard. It's kind of the same thing with the diet part. It's like, yeah, you got to go through the change. Yeah, it's hard to stop eating quick and easy food and like pulling through drive-throughs or whatever you do. But I'm telling you, if you, if you can get through that, uncomfortable middle period, it's going to be better. <clears throat> I'm with you there because I've, I've been there and, uh, and I, I appreciate the message you're sharing here because it's, it's exactly how I live my life too. I, I don't eat out that often. I certainly do not indulge in any takeaways because I, again, just as I mentioned earlier, foreseeing the consequences of eating a, a Chinese takeaway or whatever it might be is just not worth it. And I know how, crap i will feel afterwards compared to eating wholesome nutritious foods and fueling my body with with nutrients that that it that it needs to to function at an optimal level so we can wrap up this podcast before we uh speak about the sapien diet and uh you know this is this is ultimately what you're all about and can you explain it to us in a in a way that someone out there who has no knowledge of nutrition could grasp the understanding of it and begin to implement it into their lives? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah, sapien to me, it's just what humans are meant to eat, right? We're all homo sapiens and... It's just your body expects a certain thing. And it was different all around the world. That's why it, there's no one diet. But it's this sapien framework. And it's built on the nutrient to energy ratio foods. It's built on whole foods. And if you know, you're know you new to nutrition stuff and that's not making sense to you, it's just, okay, if you're going to go to a buffet and they had like meat and fish and then they had all the different side dishes, Lots of people 
say you don't even like meat. Okay, say you get a piece of fish and then you're getting mashed potatoes, you're getting all these different sides. And the, most people's plate looks like, you know, a bit of, of the fish and then a lot of sides. That's just kind of generally people's diets. I'm saying it depends on what you want. Some people just go straight for the protein. But if you, the simplest way to think about it is, okay, double up, triple up on the meat or fish and just get less sides. Let's get a tiny bit of sides. Or let's, like I was saying, sauerkraut pickles, like these are just low energy foods. Low, you know, they don't have many calories in them. I hate talking about calories, but they don't have energy calories, right? They don't have empty calories in them. Get those, just, you bump up that ratio. You go out to eat, even if you are going to go out to eat, double up on the protein and just don't get the fries. Don't, you know, don't get the chips. Don't get the, the mashed potatoes that are, you know, they probably have some weird margarine in them anyway. You know, like just, just change. If each meal you kind of doubled up on your protein, you're kind of accidentally getting nutrients along the way too. Protein really correlates to nutrients. So it's not like you have to get out a nutrition calculator and be adding up, you know, your magnesium and your selenium. It's like, if you just eat animal nutrition, you're going to get nutrients probably. So that's it. That's the simplest way. The sapien diet It's like, just stick to more whole foods as much as you can and just kind of double up on your protein. Like it's, it's not that hard. You're, you're going to accidentally do all the stuff I just talked about this whole show. If you double up on that animal protein and just like kind of cut away some of the excess empty stuff. Yeah. Well, hope you're all taking notes there and, uh, yeah, ramp up your nutrition, clean it up, get into shape. And this also correlates to like improved testosterone. hundred percent. Oh yeah. Like we actually have a program, the Sabian program that, uh, my main coach, his name is Chris Kruger. He's like a testosterone coach. Basically he's 40, he's ripped like his whole thing. And he does it. So if people want to learn more about this, I think we'll have sapienprogram.com ready by then, but we can help you because you can have all the information and still not do it. But, uh, you can work with Chris directly. And I mean, yes, it, it will help all areas of your life. you if you give your body what it expects, it will change and it will work better, including testosterone, libido, you know, just the fat will melt off. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, brilliant. And, and I was on your Instagram, obviously, before the podcast, and I did click into your your link tree there and you have a ton of resources there. So everyone go check out his Instagram and uh, Brian, tell us where it's at. Oh, yeah, it's Food Lies. It's called Food Lies. So that's the name of the documentary series. And it's just where I do my social media. So any social media, I'm there, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Brilliant, Brian. Well, thank you so much for the information, the inspiration, and the incredible insights to nutrition. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go now and eat three steaks. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Gavin.